Who wants Daddy, who wants a pot of coffee? I just made coffee. You want a cup of coffee? Sure, there you go. Who wants coffee? Anybody else want coffee? Who wants coffee? And now it's time for the man with the caffeine. The new tropics for the brain. It's coffee with Mike. Hang in, hang tight, grab your cup, and let's get this thing started. Everybody, welcome back to Java Chat. This is Coffee with Mike sitting here with our guest today, uh, Andrew Chestnut, who is an instructional designer. Did I say that? Mm -hmm. I actually had a client once call me an educational engineer, and I think it's much better. So we'll go with that. We'll go with that. We'll go with with educational (laughs) engineer. It's an EE rating in case anybody wonders, and that just means double excellent. Um, (laughs) I come up with anything, dude. It's it's all good. Um, He uses a brain-based approach to learning, which allows, allows um, you know, like an easier time for listeners that are not necessarily in the room with you um, and, and helping them to actually retain information, which is a real cool concept. Yeah. And uh, I just had uh, Nicholas Velas- Nick Velasquez, who is the author of Learn, Improve, and Master. Books is coming out real soon. I got to connect you two. You guys would get along real well. Uh, yeah, yeah. And, and the whole concept of learning is known the concept of retaining and yes. then utilizing <laughs> yep. yep that's a completely and different and applying is a completely different game nick talks about that too so we're, I'm, I'm sure we're gonna get into this a little bit today which is which is awesome um give us a little bit of background about you where, where 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 did you come from i mean how does this how does anybody get into because, you know, when somebody wants to become a teacher, they go to school, get their certificate, and they become a teacher. Um, but when you're talking about your deal, it's, it's not a teacher. The, the educational engineer is a very valid description. How does that work for you? So the educational engineer, what I do for a living, um, very easiest way to put it, there was this kind of joke years ago that you, when you were doing your taxes, you'd bring this shoebox full of receipts to your accountant and say, here, you figure it out, right? <laughs> so you probably could do it on your own. But and you and they, would take, out, they would take it, put it in the middle of the room, blow it up and see what happens. Exactly, exactly. I know that guy. I know that <laughs> Just guy. Just randomly come up with stuff. Exactly. <laughs> but uh, so, <laughs> right? But that's exactly what I do is I take your shoebox of information, all of the stuff that you have, these things you want to get out of your head, this brain dump you've done. And I've turned that into something that is teachable so that people will understand what you're saying, but then it's also measurable. Nice. And I do that in a way that is, uh, that works with your brain. Really? You know, knowing really cool stuff. Like if I write in cursive or I print, it's two parts of my brain uh, that process that information. Uh, so it's just little stuff like this that we've picked up over the years to do that, to get involved with this. Uh, the story was I had, um, I'm originally from Buffalo, New York, uh, lived in Toronto, then Bills. in Cleveland. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think it's illegal here. We have to like the Bills. Uh, no matter how bad they're doing, we have to like the Bills. I used to I live in New- Cleveland. I got though, New Yorkers here in Las Vegas that, that will swear by the Bills no matter what, dude. It's, it's awesome. <laughs> We always think, though, at least we're better than Cleveland because Cleveland, I think, last year was zero and twelve. So, <laughs> Cleveland Browns, yeah, they, I think they were, yeah, right. <laughs> Is that an expansion team? <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> they were All of right, no, no hating so on like, the Browns. <laughs> <laughs> but their team is their their fans. Oh, that's all another story. Yeah. Um, yeah so yeah, I, I yeah. moved to the, imagine uh, we I got the Raiders here in Vegas now. Imagine what we're dealing with. I can imagine. I can only imagine. But so I moved from Cleveland back to Buffalo again in my hometown, been here, been back here 15 years and so decided, all right, fine. I need a job. Started a call center um, for a major mortgage company. And 
Um, I have always loved teaching. I was a TA in college back when I was, you know, when, uh, many years ago. Mm-hmm. And so I decided <laughs> there was a position opening for a trainer and I figured, eh, what the hell, give it a shot, see what goes on. Um, got it, got the position and loved it. Absolutely loved it. And so I fell into that as a career that was 15 years ago. Um, and I've been doing it ever since um, in a variety of different uh, sectors. I mainly am in finance and real estate at this point are the two parts that I do. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, just absolutely loved it. And it was just, I was in the right place, at the right time, got my application in, took action on something I saw. I said, Hey, I see that. I see that application. I want to do that for a living. I want to make this, you know, I want to make a career for myself. So that's how I got into training. And then from, from that corporate side, you've now graduated into becoming um, an architect, essentially. You, you basically mm-hmm. are designing uh, learning systems for people. Is that correct? Yep. In the corporate world, I was the onboarding instructional mm-hmm. designer. So um, me and my boss and our team would take training from a new client, take what they have already, work it into, you know, kind of put a spit shine on it and then deploy it to a call, call center reps. Uh, I was laid off um, at one point and ended up um, just kind of being like, okay, I sent in about 300 applications to different jobs and not, I think I had four interviews and not a single job offer. And by that point, it's like, all right, the universe is telling me something. I need to go in a new direction. And so I ended up starting my own business. Um, I gave myself three months uh, to get at least enough clients to keep myself afloat. Um, I did do that. Um, and um, yeah, that was four and a half years ago. And uh, I have been enjoying the uh, self-employed thing. Um, I have a small team around me of marketers, instructional designers. Um, so it's... What, what do you, uh, what do you attribute thing. that... What do you attribute that whole thing to? Because like, like I'm 48. If I try to go out and apply for a job now, I've been so long self-employed that age and experience become an issue for any employer. And I've talked with employment coaches about this um, because a lot of them, a lot of the HR departments worry about whether or not you're going to be around. Um, but I mean, is that something that you found was a, was a, besides the universe telling you, hey, dude, move you need to um, go another direction yeah you, you need to go but d- is that is that something that you ran into um so i'm only i'm 43 now so i don't necessarily think it was an age thing um i think it was just a flooded market and they were looking for very specific criteria i don't have a degree in instructional design i work in business administration and they were looking for that it's um it tends to be a very academic world um, oh, yeah. where they want Absolutely. to see a whole bunch of paper on your wall and that was not the direction i wanted to go in so it doesn't mean that, you know, I had a lot of training in it. It just means more the qualifications. Yeah, they want to see, see paper. And, 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 that and, was not and we as entrepreneurs know what paper means. Exactly. No, no disrespect to any of the academia, academia that's out there that is valid. It mm-hmm. is quite mm-hmm. valid. However, a lot of times it gets a little overvalued, especially, and this is my opinion, guys. You know, you can love it or hate it. I, I think a lot of times academia gets overvaluated. Uh, especially when it comes to the fact that you had already been there, done that <clears throat> in another corporation, had the experience, had the success rate, the proof's in the pudding. And for entrepreneurs, that's really all we ever look for is, I really don't care if you went to school. Can you can you break that bottom line? Can you help us break the glass ceiling? So so obviously you, you stepped out, you got into you got into your own realm, you're doing your entrepreneur thing. Um, you, you said you work in real estate and finance now. Those are the two main industries I work in right now. Yeah. Yeah. What do you enjoy so much about those? 
to be honest, I just fell into him. Um, so it, that was pretty much it. It wasn't um, an enjoyment so, thing. Somebody got me drunk one night, and that was it. I was in. <laughs> they said, I got, a, I got a bridge in Brooklyn. You can sell this for me. Come on. Pretty much, pretty much. No, it was uh, – <laughs> close enough. Uh, the um, – so the, the finance thing I got involved with just because of the center that I was working for had it was mostly finance based. So gotcha. when I stepped into my first formal training position, right. um, it was for a large mortgage company, and then I gotcha. moved on to a couple of other large banks as well. So I just it was something I was in. I kind of like numbers to begin with, um, you know. Um, getting my business degree was also one of those things where it has a lot of numbers involved and was something I appreciated. Real estate was sort of an interesting thing. Um, I got okay, into that here comes, the, here comes the, here yeah. comes the real, let's hear it. All right. <laughs> so I looked at a whole a bunch of different people. It doesn't matter political party, what, wherever you are, people that are successful across yeah. the board. Yeah. The one common factor I found was, is that they are all invested in real estate. Every single one. Yep. And it, and so it was like there's something going on here. My 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 concept and how how I operate when I want to learn something is I go out, I find somebody who has been successful at something that I want to be successful at, and mm -hmm. I mimic the behavior. Sure, and Success so always leaves clues; it never changes. Exactly, exactly. <clears throat> and so for me, I was looking at it, going, okay, every single person that that I've seen that's done well for themselves, it always has real estate, mm -hmm. and that's been their one big thing. Mm -hmm. And I had just read Rich Dad Poor Dad at the time, changed my life. By the way, just what year absolutely was that? changed my life. Uh, would have been uh, five, no, four years ago. Four years ago, because I had already had my business ish at this point. You're late um, to the game, so bro. that's that's a little late to the game. You know, Rob re released that like when the way to hell a long time ago. Yeah, yeah, no, it was I was definitely late to the game on that one because I was, you know, yeah. So I was, um, it was. I think that book comes along into your life when you're ready for it. Is, is I think what happens with that. That, that along with a few others, like the old Think and Grow Rich deal, the How mm -hmm. to Win Friends, Influence People, all that kind of, all those books all come in at certain times in your life. That's absolutely true. The, re the reason that I brought that up is because I want people to understand something. When Rob wrote that book first, the first time, mm -hmm. um, someone in real estate had suggested it to me and I said, okay, I'll take a look, read the book and went, holy shit, is there more? And then of course he came out with Cashflow Quadrant and all that other stuff. Mm -hmm. That was at least 10 years ago for me. I don't remember exactly how long, but it's more than four. And the fact that it's still relevant four years back, and I, I argue that it is still way relevant today, especially because of all the stuff that's going on right now, <clears throat> should show you guys that he's saying, he's saying this is a gold piece, guys. The information on and being invested in real estate that will never change. It's, it's called the oldest method in the book of becoming wealthy because it is um, this hopefully this earth doesn't crack in half but real estate's not going anywhere you guys and the fact that andrew decided to go and teach in this realm uh after learning about rob uh, and i'm sure a bunch of others by now uh, and i got a few more to introduce you to if you want uh, mike van was on here i've had the neil clayman and dan stofsky all, all all guys that are successful and actually out there doing it as well as teaching it and they're great guys i should connect with them um, yeah, but but the idea that that book four years ago brought you into a realm that you're now vested, I'm, I'm assuming also investing, uh, but brought you vested into teaching this stuff. What kind of things did you see? What what kind of lessons did you see that you could that you could pull in anywhere, like in life in general, what have you? Well, from that book, it it totally changes your mindset on money. Um, we're yeah. trained to be poor. Yeah. It, it just, oh yeah. Time we're we're trained to be poor. Yep. And it, it sounds really awful to say that, but 
banks are not your friends. You know, it, they, you know, I, I was, I used to think it's like, oh, great, I'm getting a 1% real, you know, a 1% interest rate. This was post 2008. So that was a good interest rate at the time. On a savings account, I feel like I'm doing really well. And then I realized that, you know, um, inflation is enough. You remember year when, and I'm you, losing money. <laughs> you, you, re, you remember that, <clears throat> you remember back in the 90s um, when interest rates were at 21% for CDs. Yes. It made more sense yep. to stuff money into the bank accounts than into the CDs than it did into real estate because you couldn't get that kind of a return. My bank was paying more money. My bank was paying more money on a savings account mm -hmm. than I was paying on my credit cards. <laughs> so, and, and actually, yeah, and actually, their, their arbitrage yeah. was backwards back then because I remember in the late '90s when I had a mortgage license uh, that we were pulling people off of 17. Remember when Alan Greenspan came out and reduced the rates? Mm -hmm. We were pulling people off of 16, 17 percent, dropping them down to seven percent, and then it got dropped again to six percent. Everybody was going bonkers. Mortgage companies were printing money essentially. Yeah. Um, the sub, the sub. Uh, do that anyway. <laughs> the yeah, the subprime market was going bonkers as well. I mean, we we worked in both side conventional and subprime, and it was amazing what you could do back in those days. And that was before the the ninjas and and stuff like that, the stated loans. But mm -hmm. back back even in the nineties, it was a good time to be vested in the banks. What people don't get is, like you said, they're not your friend; they're a leveraging tool. That's it. You use them as much as they use you because yep. the reason they reduce the rates is because they weren't making any money on the arbitrage size of things. Remember, when you deposit money with them, they're just going to lend it out again yep. so they can make their interest yep. and pay their debts. And they lend 10 to 1. Exactly. And they lend, and they and they lend, lend 9 to 10 to 1. Yeah, easily. They literally make their own money. And yep. that's one thing that a lot of people don't realize is that when you put a dollar into your bank, your bank's making between five to 1,800% on that money. Easily. And, and we can show, you know, uh, you can show that it's not something that it's just like oh we think they're making no no they're they're making like seven eight hundred. They show you. Money. <laughs> they show you that they're making money. And if that's you not really know how to look at it, no, it's not, not at all. <laughs> what was no. funny was and everybody was when everybody was saying, well, you can you can invest in a thousand dollar CD and make one percent. I looked at that and I was like, ten bucks, ten bucks, ten bucks. Good, you do that in five years. <laughs> ten bucks in five years. Yeah. I make twelve percent in one week. You, you know, lending real you do estate, that? the lowest end, <clears throat> lending on real estate, the lowest end that we charge is eight to nine percent because that's about what the corporate loans are, right? Or commercial loans are right now. Yep. yep. So you could be doing so much better. Again, if you don't do it, if you do less than three percent, you're making less than three percent, you're losing money because um, average just, just, average inflation is three percent. And that and that's a default. Yeah, like you said, because because of the inflation rate as it is, you're not breaking even. That's what people fail to realize. Well, it's even. No, not really. Because no. you got to remember all of the other stuff that goes along with that. There's still other fees and things like that. You're losing. So, yeah. okay, back on point. Oh, I forgot to warn you. I forgot to warn you about this. Rabbit holes. They show up, I run. Oh, um, I, I run for, for rabbit holes, often to my own demise. So yeah. I get it. <laughs> uh, and, and, and in our case, we end, up, we end up talking about everything under the sun. Um, so you, you took into that. You went into, you went into real estate you've who are some of the people that you saw that were the successful ones any recognizable names or anybody that you took example from that really inspired you to keep in um kind of some of the gotta be honest one of my clients did um cool. just quick quick plug for him because yeah all the time too his name is chris noggle he had an hgtv show oh, i know that had done this entire thing yeah nice. and he's uh, yeah he's one of my main clients he's actually the one i just had to help onto a podcast because he's doing one or one right now as well he's doing his wednesday webinars so um i gotta be honest just watching him because again my goal was to get um 
I look for somebody that's a lot more successful in a specific place that mm-hmm. I am, that I mm-hmm. want to be more successful in and I latch onto them and go mm-hmm. from there. And that's my thing. So I've been with him about three years now. I'm his educational engineer. I develop all of the training and stuff that he does. And it, it gave me that ability to get a deep dive into the real estate market. I'm also a licensed realtor um, and uh, just kind of see what this was and start to learn more about the industry itself. Um, so yeah, it was just, it became a passion. It became something that I really liked and I think it's something long-term. And I think right now, especially after everything that's happening, where we have basically had our, um, we have foreclosures and, uh, uh, evictions have been put on hold for six months. And I don't think it's going to be before the end of the year before that stops. Um, yeah, it's going to hold well into the first quarter. It, that, that's kind of plain. Yeah. I, mean, I just, think it's going to happen, but what's going to happen when the, when the floodgates open and all of that stuff happens again and they start allowing it, um, it is going to be a train wreck. And uh, we're going to have yeah. 2008 again. We're going to have 2008 all over again. I know that's what we're doing right now is both, you know, I'm trying to kind of think, I know Chris is trying to stock, you know, stockpile as much as we can right now, just ready for that to happen. It's, uh, it's interesting. It's happen there's, yeah, there's one of the, one of the buddies of mine that I mentioned earlier put out a post recently talking about do your best to work with your tenants as much as you can. And he does, he, he's a developer. So he works with commercial mm-hmm. tenants as much as he works with residentials. Mm-hmm. And he's like, you know, I just, I just cut one of my commercial tenants rent in half and we'll figure out something down the line. You know, this isn't the time to be stringent. This is the time yeah. to be allowing and, and try to figure out how to make things work because when the, when the damage begins <clears throat> and the collateral damage hits, I guarantee you two things are going to happen. And, and this isn't something he said, this is just my opinion. Regulations are going to tighten up all over again. Oh, yeah. In other words, the CFPB is going to start doing all kinds of crazy shit. And the markets are going to tighten down. And as much as we've been in a bull market, um, that bear is hanging around the corner with a blackjack. Oh, yes. And, and when he swings, he's gonna, that bull's going down. How badly, we don't know. I mean, because we, we do still – the nice thing that, that about this is it's not just investors speculating. It's – regulations holding off normal process and protocols mm-hmm. when like you said when the floodgates open it'll come in one hard rush with some you know with some trail off but I, I i don't think we're going to be i don't think we're going to be as badly hit as 08 mm-hmm. i think we're going to be hit as bad as 08 if not worse because of the fo- because of the floodgate effect um because when 08 hit that was the residential and what was it oh end of 09 beginning 10 was when the commercial one started hitting and they were a little better prepared but still still so we we got we got a two-phase deal to look at again um but again exactly this wasn't caught by straight fraud though no no it was slightly different because that was the 2008 was straight fraud yeah straight up no questions asked fraud and so i think this is going to be a little bit different but i think the end results can be the same and it's going to take at least we're guessing about three years is what we're speculating you you don't have yeah you don't have anything normal you don't have institutions this time that are going to come back with, you know, black holes on mortgage notes that yeah. don't go anywhere. You know, yeah. it's, it's, it's going to come back to investors that have shored up with the right kind of documentation and know their game and know their deal. Um, and they're going to make the push to take care of things. Th- those that have done private lending, they know their stuff too. Ed White, well, a good portion of them do. There's a bunch that are <laughs> wankers. You always have a few. <laughs> you always have a few. <laughs> got, a, got a few that are wankers. Um, <clears throat> that's for my friends across the pond. The, the idea of, of how we, though, as people that are investors can stave that off is, is real akin to what he posted. You know, it's just not a time to be stringent. Work out what you can. Get other agreements in place. I mean, 
years ago, I was taught by a friend who's no longer with us. Money is just an agreement. It's not, it, you know, it's, um, what does it say? It's a Federal Reserve note usable for any debts. Um, it's a note. It's an agreement. It says, I will give you this in exchange of this value. I give you this value for that value. And when, as soon as I learned that, I was like, oh my gosh, this is going to make life better. It, it's a fiat currency. It is based on nothing. and hasn't been since 1972, if I remember correctly, uh, when he came off yeah. the gold standard. When he came off the gold. Yeah. Yeah, at, uh, there, and there's cool stuff that I've heard in the pipeline about other potential things coming back. So we'll see. Anyway, um, it might be. We'll see. But, yeah. yeah, we'll see. We'll see. We don't know yet. I know nothing. Um, so, so in your opinion, what do you think is the biggest thing that's lacking right now when it comes to people that are trying to put that information out? I mean, let's say I wanted to teach somebody about um, finance, and and I, and I want to dump my head into a into a into a pot and say, okay, let's stir a soup. What is what is, what do you see as being the biggest challenge? Besides ego. Major, exactly, right? <laughs> we are in major, major information overload right now. We have so much information around us. You can learn anything uh, on YouTube. There's Udemy. There's um, LinkedIn Learning, which used to be lynda.com. Um, there's all of these different places where you can find, you can learn whatever you want. Mm-hmm. Um, I tell clients all the time, it's like, you can go and learn whatever you want on YouTube. I mean, yeah. it's YouTube, yeah. that's fine. I do YouTube it, University. You know? Hey, I need to fix day. this. Yeah, yep. exactly. Yep. The problem is the quality of information that we're getting because none of that is curated. Um, I have been on Udemy and I've purchased courses where I'm like, dude, I would have spent 10 times the amount for this and still got my value out of it. And I've purchased mm-hmm. other courses where it's like- uh, Good, Send me those links if you don't mind. I'd, <laughs> I'd appreciate like, it. Which one? Yeah. Send, send which me the links on the good ones. I'll, I'll pay the 10 bucks for the good ones. Absolutely. Well, true, right? Yeah, but it's it's really hit or miss. Same thing on YouTube. You might get good information. You might not. Maybe. Um, and yeah. so maybe, yeah. And the other thing is, is that, I mean, a real estate course is a real estate course is a real estate course. There's a lot of the similar information. It's more in the process. So people's processes are different. And so what we're doing, what, what I'm advocating with my clients right now is focus more on your branding. I'm not going to so and you know I'm not just going to take you know intro to real estate. I'm taking Andrew Chestnut's intro to real estate course. Yep. You follow somebody that you really resonate with, and so that's the the problem that we're having right now in just the world is people will go and just find, oh well, I'm not going to spend you know because real estate courses are expensive just to stick in you know into that mm-hmm. realm. Real estate mm-hmm. courses are expensive. You know, yep. it can be five six thousand dollars to get into one of these. Start, um, whereas. I could go and learn the same thing on YouTube. Well, yes, you probably could, but you really get the quality out of it, right? So personal branding is something that we're really hitting hard um, to be able to show what person's expertise is. Mm -hmm. And so that's that's part of it. Um, A lot of people are having trouble with seeing that value. And so it's getting that value out there. And and there's there's a big challenge right there. Yeah, Yeah. that's the thing that we find with a lot of our clients too is that when you're trying to get a brand authority out there, you're trying to get something that, that proves the value of what it is yeah. that they're doing. Yeah. They keep mm-hmm. thinking it's on the technical information. It's like, no, yeah. no, it's on you. People it, want to know who you, you are. The information. Yeah. How you prevent the information and how you present yourself. Yeah. Yeah. yeah with, with us, it's always, it's always the big three. It's like, no one gives a shit about what you're offering. They could yeah. care less because they can find it themselves. Mm-hmm. So that comes last. Nobody really cares about your company. Although they will once they find out who you are and what you're about. If they like once you they and what you're about. You. Yeah. yeah. Once they yeah. like you and what yeah. you're about, then they'll want to know about the company and see if it has, you know, whatever um, parameters they think are worthwhile and valuable. Then the information. Mm-hmm. The information yeah. is dead last. And, and I'm seeing it too. It's in reverse. And I'm like, 
What are you doing? (laughs) You're teaching me the same shit I learned back in 10 years ago. It's not, it hasn't changed. Go find me a better one. But true. And when I, when I start with a client, I start, we, I pull a marketing person. I've got a marketing person on my team and I pulled them in immediately. Yeah. From the very beginning, because I want to make sure that all of this stuff is done in in a way that they can then take it and run. It's not sort of a, here's your course. Good luck with that. You know, there's a full package that I have to (laughs) do. I can just totally see that too. (laughs) That's funny. Um, yeah, I want to make sure the marketing end of it comes in too. Is so does the uh, pricing. Um, people have zero idea how to price their courses. I've seen. Um, I, had a, I had a conversation with another client of mine, and she's a realtor, and I'm helping her do kind of a become a better realtor course uh, with a coaching program. And she's like, "Well, I think I'll charge fifty bucks a person." I'm like, "Put a zero on it. You're worth more than that. You have twenty years experience at this. <laughs> you're, you're worth more than fifty bucks a person." Here's a YouTube you know, video. <clears throat> Here's yeah, a YouTube yeah. video about pricing. Mm-hmm. Check. <laughs> you know how about everybody says, check your privilege. Uh, check your value. Mm-hmm. Yes. Check your value. Because there are some guys that are out there overshooting and there are some people, like you said, a $50 for 20 years experience? Mm, no. Yeah, no. So it's from both ends of things. And, and we've turned into this Walmart society where we, we all yeah, do like the that? worst possible price. Yeah, it is, it, I call it Walmart syndrome. And Eesh. so we end, and I'm not saying like, you know, you should go out and just spend money frivolously. There's a difference though. Money mm-hmm. is value. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, yes, I can learn something for free on YouTube. Yep, it's going to be really hit or miss. I have no idea what quality or whether or not the, the information is credible. Yep. Even if I find a YouTuber that I like and that I think is credible, you're you're going to be missing some steps. I mean, yep. it's not going to be a complete package. Yeah, that makes total um, sense. It, yeah, exactly. And so putting the value to it as well, Don't you know, a $10 Udemy class is going to get you exactly what you think a $10 Udemy class is going to get you. Yep. You know, so if, if you've got to put the money in, um, I remember, uh, this was somebody we, that, uh, we worked with, um, was doing, um, uh, mass, it was his first event. It's called Skeleton. It was down in, uh, um, what was that one? Destin, Florida. And he, he was telling us one night, he's like, I gave away like, uh, what was it? A hundred tickets. Now these tickets were 2000 a piece. Wow. He's like, I gave away a hundred tickets or so 50 tickets, 50 tickets. Cause he wanted to fill the rest of the room. Sure. It was his first event. He, he had a 200 person room. He wanted to kind of just yeah. give some stuff away and also just giving away to the community as well. So we went to a couple of real estate investor association meetings, gave away 50 tickets. Half of the people didn't even show up. Oh yeah. Um, and out of the half that did show up, not a single person did anything <laughs> with it. Most of them didn't stay for the second day. But just about every person that had spent that $2,000 had actually done. Oh, they're not going they, anywhere. Yeah, they're, they're not, not going to go And anywhere. they had worked it and they had actually made it work. And, and a number of them have become more successful. This was a couple of years ago. A number sure. of them have become successful investors. Sure. One of, one of my good yeah. buddies um, who's out in California used to have a, a $30,000 boot camp. Mm-hmm. And yep. boy, let me tell you, the failure rate was less than a percent, if I remember correctly. And it was only yep. because one people paid attention to yep. what was being said and took action as the days went on. I think it was a two day boot camp. If you're vested, you're not going to waste the time. If you're not yep. vested, I mean, I've, I've got books from other stuff from other that I've that I've either worked at or was a guest at, and I took some of it and I thrown it in. I put it in wherever I could, even though I hadn't paid for it. I was a guest, but it was just like, okay, nobody's teaching this. I better use this. You know, it, it, they're different mindset, obviously on my side versus the other people who are just getting a free ride. It's like, yeah. if your mentality, yeah, if your mentality is free ride, you're not vested. If your mentality is, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to treat this as if I dropped a couple grand on it. You'll get value out of it. 
versus again, like so you true. said, the ten dollar the ten dollar Udemy. So, what I'm saying at this point is, don't uh, don't screw up the opportunity just because it was free. Yes. Yeah, now, if you don't not, if you don't identify with the trainer, that's a different story. That's you know, but dude, you got a free ticket to a two thousand dollar event, and you're gonna mm-hmm. you're gonna just not. That doesn't make sense value. to me. Yeah, you're 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 missing that. You're well. There's no value in their money. They don't see the value. They, they don't, don't see, see the value. value. Yeah, that that kind of goes back to how the value was built in the pitch. But another story, another time. The the value in our own heads, in our own mindsets. And I'm always talking about this. Is really where is the value in your own mind for what it is you're about to receive, and are you ready to receive it? Mm-hmm. And I think if I think if people come in with that mindset, it's a lot easier to see the value in what's being offered, whether that's free or discounted or full boat. And, and I've, I've learned full boats just best. It's just, it's easier to vest yourself into whatever you're doing. Does that make sense? Yes. All right, cool. Well, guys, it's about time. We're going to take a short pause. Oh my goodness. We've been rolling, bro. I'm going to take a short pause. <laughs> I'm going to take a short pause for the cause. It gives about 30 seconds and we'll be right back. I want to talk a little bit more about what, uh, what motivates and inspires Andrew uh, to do what he does. All right, and we're back here at Java Chat. We are here with Andrew Chestnut, who is the educational engineer. I'm digging that. That's pretty damn cool. Sure. I love it. It's great. Second section of our <laughs> yeah, right. Second section of our our podcast usually dedicated to um, things that motivate, things that inspire. Obviously, we talked a little bit about you know who you respect as as mentors and people that you take advantage from, but now we're talking about just personally, what you know, what wakes you up in the morning or what drives you to get things done. I love transferring knowledge from one person to another. Love doing it. I get to that point where my family has just, they get this look in their face when I go into trainer mode. It's a look. (laughs) (laughs) You could probably imagine what it is. Um, How fast do you switch from happy to trainer? Exactly, exactly. For me, it's more, I love that process of learning something. Even for myself, I'm always, always, always learning something. And I just, you know, for me, when I go into trainer mode, it's not just here, let me tell you what I know. It's, hey, come experience this with me. Come join me in this journey so that you can see this so it can help kind of edify your life as much Mm. as it has mine. Mm. And that's really something that I like as far as helping out clients as well is the amount of help that they will, that they will be able to provide thanks to their wisdom. And so I guess that's the difference between what you can get on some YouTube channels or what you can get through somebody who's been doing, uh, like the one realtor client who's mm-hmm. been a realtor for 20 years or another mm-hmm. client who's a financial advisor for 20 years. Their experience is something that um, kind of goes part and parcel with their training. And I like being able to bring people into those experiences, tell their stories. Mm. Um, and wow, my clients had these amazing stories to tell, help it resonate with somebody and then teach them how they got to that point and teach them the information necessary to to get to that point so it's really a combination of the person themselves person's story the experience and information that they have grown over a a long career most of my Mm -hmm. clients haven't been in the industry less than 10 years right Um, and being able to show people how they've been successful how they've worked how they the formula that they've used to do that the information they've used to do that and how to then help other people move forward and help them become successful sweet um yeah Cool. Then, and that was like most. I love doing it. It keeps me motivated every day. Cool beans. There's there's always the uh, other factor too about reading. What kind of books have inspired you? We've already talked about Rich Dad Poor Dad, but who are some of the other authors and some of the other books that that you've read? Oh, um, 
a lot. Um, Obviously, anyway, but I, who, just yeah, I just I try to remember a few of them. Um, I'm between books right now, so it's we, one of those things where I've got to you know you got to take a look. <laughs> I'm gonna have to go back in my Amazon cart. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm I'm literally between three books right now: one on business strategy, one on selling, and one on personal improvement. So it's like. <laughs> Yeah, chapter I'm, a personal improvement. I'm in the middle of a personal improvement course right now. And for me, you know, that's been just a major lift. Uh-huh. Um, so I've been doing that one. Um, but the, the next one kind of up on my book list is the million dollar habits uh, by Brian Tracy. So that's the next one that's up next <clears throat> in it. As soon as I get done with this one course, um, somewhere, one of those that's people somewhere in my queue as well. I don't know where, ex- but yeah. I actually had to put a specific uh, like line item in my budget every year for books and yeah. audio books, just because oh, yeah. I have so many of them. Yeah. It's a, it's a big, it's a big thing for me. So um, yeah. So, so I, I also, I'm one of those, I spend probably as much as a small car on personal development every year on some sort of a personal development course to help sure. move me forward on mentors. Um, I'm about to go to uh, uh, a mastermind in Southern California at the end, end of October. Um you know, just stuff like that. Um, actually talking about rich dad, poor dad. So that mastermind is part of another uh, group, um, a, an event that I'll be in next year with Sharon Lecter. Uh, oh, cool. She's going to be there as well. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm really looking forward to meeting her. I haven't, I haven't um, heard her name in a while. Yeah. Yeah. She did rich dad, poor dad. She did the guy who yeah. does the um, mastermind going to is Greg Reed. He did uh, mm-hmm. three feet from gold. So we're going out to his house in the end of the month. So oh, you're going to do the knock? You're going to do the secret knock? Yeah. Yeah, Greg's, um, Greg's always yeah. got it. That's, that's been, so I, I met Greg back at CEO space back in, Oh, I want to say Oh, seven Oh eight, I think. And that was, he was just getting started with that secret knock deal and man mm-hmm. killed it. Just killed it. One of my clients is a sponsor this year. So nice. uh, or we're supposed to be, we're supposed to go this year and it ended up, they just put it on, but there's also a mastermind. So I'll actually be at his house at yeah. the end of October. Yeah. That mastermind, is, mastermind we've, we've heard of some really good results out of his masterminds. Um, he's actually, uh, I want to see, I want to say he's connected to Ben Gay the third, who's the, the last protege of uh, Napoleon Hill. Rick, that uh, sounds familiar. Think, think and grow rich. So Napoleon, yeah, yeah, yeah. Napoleon yeah. Hill had had his last protege his guy's name was ben gay the third not kidding mm-hmm. that is that is his real name great guy uh sales trainer wrote the closer series um okay oh, which yeah. is very much focused on real estate and timeshare and stuff like that great guy um and his actually his business partner um mark harris uh was also on this podcast and oh, nice. awesome. the the amount of stuff that that actually that whole line Everybody reads Think and Grow Rich, and it's like, guys, that's one of seven books. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, and that's Another not including really, yeah. that's not including you know out with the devil. That's there's seven more books just in that series alone that gives you the tools and everything that goes along with it. So I mean, yeah, it's one. It's it's why I ask is because everybody who does read certain books, sometimes it's the same books in a different sequence. Sometimes it's just one book in particular just really went. Well, the right book comes along exactly when you need it. Yeah. yeah. So there's are seven books. It, it, I, you know, it, it will, it'll come along exactly when you need it and when it's right time. Right. Yeah. 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 I keep yeah. bugging Mark too. I'm like, but I need a list, dude. Where's, where's that list? Um, I should bug him again this week. I want to <laughs> get the rest of those, but might as well. What the hell? I mean, just yeah. something to do. Um, yeah. Besides that, those of the books and of the people, I mean, what other mm-hmm. things do you attribute to being inspired? Like 
obviously you enjoy what you do. Definitely good. When you can do your passion, it's not work or it's not a job, it's work. It's, and it's work that you can enjoy. What other things do you think might drive somebody to do what they do? Yeah, I just got deep on you. Sorry. It's all, it's all good. No worries, no worries. As deep as you'd like. It's all good. Um, I, honestly, I There's really There's an innuendo in there someplace. Let's not do that. Anyway. Just saying. Right? Yes, this is, this is PG, folks, is it, so be ready. What, what, what is it? What is that? Uh, well, right um, <laughs> <laughs> out the rabbit hole. Yeah. Um, quickly. So, quickly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah right. Um, the, I, I would say the number one thing that really drives me, that keeps me going forward, that just keep, through those times when you're just like, what the hell did I get myself into moments mm. of business? Cause mm. there's always that up and down, mm -hmm. um, is, is remembering the passion that I have for it. I know it sounds really generic, but you won't get anywhere in life without that passion. And it's different. Um, if you see somebody who really likes a topic, you know, they mm. kind of get up and then talk about it, talk about it. When you talk to somebody that's self-employed or somebody that has, is running a business or somebody has started businesses, it is a completely different sort of almost, wow, he's a little crazy yeah. sort of glim in your eye that you yeah. get when you have yeah. that passion for what you're talking about. And I think that is what is a huge driving force behind me. You know, so during my rough times, it's that passion for, I want to go out and do this. I want to tell this person's story. I want to hear this person's story. I want to help do this. Um, that is really what keeps me going is, is that passion for what I do. Um, there's nothing really else. Um, you know, Starbucks has nothing on it. <laughs> it's just that, that wanting to, to learn it, wanting to see these people succeed. Yeah, yeah, you, you, had to, you, had, you had to mention them. I don't, I don't ever Absolutely. talk about them on this podcast because they're just, their oh. coffee's over roasted. Um, yes, yes, and I don't care if you, you can come after me all you want, Starbucks. I give a shit. Your coffee's over roasted. That's why I don't drink your stuff. I, I go well, and I go to indie coffee shops just because it tastes better. Anyway, support your indie coffee shops, just in case anybody didn't get that message. Um, and no, I'm not sponsored by anybody yet. Um, but but it's op it's open for discussion. Um, <laughs> give me a give me a scenario where that really came through. When that whole inspiration where you were just sitting there like, Jesus, am I really going to do this? And then it's just like, yes, I am. So I'm at a point right now in my company where I am significantly growing. I'm just pushing hard to get it beyond where I am. Um, so I've done pretty well for myself, but there's definitely, I'm leveling up a mm. lot. Mm. And there's so many times in that leveling up process where you're just like, I can't, I'm done. Right. You know? yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I feel that one. I it feel is that an one. incredibly difficult process to go through. Um, good in the long run. Um, so it's definitely short-term pain, long-term gain. Yeah. Um, but um, there are many mornings where it's just like, just thinking about, oh, wow, I don't want to get out of bed this morning, but I've got that really cool stock course I'm working on. And oh, there you go. <laughs> or, dude, this just really, really sucks. It's not good right now. I don't even want to get out from under these covers. Yeah. yeah. But I've got that one court but I've got this great roadmap that I'm doing for this other client and it's going really well and I like it. You know, it, it's, it's keeping that focus on what you're doing versus your problems. Your problems will solve themselves. If you're going, if you set yourself on a path, <clears throat> yep. then say, you know what, I'm going to go in this. This is the direction I need to go in to stop this problem. Mm -hmm. Now I'm not going to worry about that problem anymore. I'm staying on that path. I'm focusing on the process. Yeah. Um, and so for me, it, focusing on the process is a huge part, focusing on what I do have a passion for, you know, especially when it's that, like the end of the that, month and I got to do bookkeeping. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I got to focus on the process. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what that number is. What number is that? I don't remember that number. <laughs> what invoice did that go to? <laughs> Who used the, the card again? Like, What's going on? <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> What's this magic thing coming on? What's oh, up? 
Are we having to use FM to make budgets again? Here we go. F, 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 FM, in case anybody doesn't know what that means, is an old school telecom term. F and magic is what it comes out to. Uh, which, which, which in some cases my old accountants used to call me and go, boy, you're sure lucky I'm a magician because otherwise this wouldn't work. And I'm like, oh, okay. Well, I'll I'll figure out. little box on my little box on my P and L's that just says, and a miracle occurs. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. How much of an atomic bomb did you have to use this time, Jerry? It's like, let's put it this way. I was at least 10 miles away when it blew up. Okay. We'll just leave it at that. Um, it, 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 guys, we're joking. It, it honestly, we have, I'm, I'm sure you do. Um, we have great accountants that advise us and make sure that we're, we're performing within what we need to. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I think it's good to have a team around you. So you accounting is not something I'm really good at. No. And it's something I can outsource. I, I had a mentor of mine when I very first started in business and um, he's based out of London. Now he's in Sydney. And he said, he's like, I was pretty good at what I did. Um, and then I found somebody better. So I hired them. Yeah. And so it's, you know, hiring your weaknesses, working with your strengths. You, you, fo you follow um, some, some pretty well-known themes within the guru realm, if you will, um, citing people like Gary Vee, et cetera, et cetera. Um, they, they pretty much talk about the same lessons, you know, hire your weakness. If you can't do it, find somebody who can, um, whether that's Fiverr or an actual human. Yeah, exactly. And it, it's, it's not one of those things. A lot of people will just start spewing forth things that they've heard, and that's great. Implementing it is what you need to do. And for me, I implement it. Um, I get it. These are people that are by far richer than I am and by far more successful than I am. So they have to be doing something right. Yeah. So taking you know, <clears throat> picking and choosing what works well for me in this, you know, in, in you know, so whatever I need from them, um, picking up these little tidbits here and there really is um, a critical skill. You're, you can't do everything. You might right. have a general idea mm -hmm. um, and, you know, a general idea of what's going on, but unless but you really, sometimes you just need a really deep knowledge. And mm. instead of having to learn that, sometimes it's better to let somebody else who's had the experience do it. Oh yeah. I'm, I, <laughs> considering the people that I have around me, I know what my weaknesses are. So I've, I've been blessed with two in particular that have very deep knowledge of the subjects that they're good at. And that just makes mm -hmm. it easier on my life because then I can concentrate on looking for clients and being able to get them to understand we have the deep knowledge we have the we have the ability to succeed what you're trying to succeed um i had another question and i i, I seem to have lost it and this is this is the this is the crs portion of my life um which means uh -huh. i can't remember yep. shit uh yep i actually I have when trade of thought derails in the middle i have <laughs> I, actually, I actually have the coffee cup and think i'm going to bring it next time just in case that that, that ever happens again so i can just hold it up and go okay we're moving on um, yeah, 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 yeah. It'll come back. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Listen, if somebody wants to, if somebody wanted to get into something like starting a coaching program, because there's, I, there are people online, including some friends of mine that are on Facebook that, you know, let's get your program started. Um, if somebody is even thinking about it, what are some of the qualifiers that they th need to understand before taking off into the wild blue yonder? Because it is a launch. Mm -hmm. It is. Um, ha have a plan. Do not only have a plan for your actual course itself and a solid plan with, you know, as somebody, most people can kind of teach a course kind of like how I run my life where it's like, I know, I see somebody who has had these results and I go and I follow the same process, right. find somebody that has results. Yeah. So like for me, I can, t I can say, 
this is one of the value adds I can give to my clients is that I have proven results with this stuff. I, I know the formula is necessary. Most people, some people can figure it out, but it's just easier to go with somebody who knows this stuff. Um, as far as the coaching programs are concerned, a lot of people are like, well, I'm just going to get on and chat. Well, or they, or they do too much teaching in a coaching, coaching call. There, there's an interesting balance you have to keep between the two of them. Um, the other part is absolutely get marketing and whoever's designing your training together at the very beginning, first or second meeting. Marketing should be an integrated, an integral plan. Sales marketing should be an integral plan of your training and your coaching program. And, yes, and that should be something you should always think about making money on this because that's really what you're doing. That's the value. You know, what, you know, it would be nice if I could train for free. It would be great, but um, you know, experience doesn't pay my bills. Um, you know, free doesn't pay my bills. <laughs> Last um, time I tried to pay my electric company in hugs, they didn't quite appreciate <laughs> yeah, my, you know, they just, they were like, yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> I, I actually, uh, I, I'm probably going to misquote it because the, the shirt is literally brand new, but one of my clients is releasing a shirt that says, have you ever tried to pay your bills in hugs? Yeah, I didn't think so. <laughs> I, I actually tried helping the gas company by offering them my gas in order to pay some of my bill, and they didn't like that either. That was, you know, no, probably they, not. Yeah, no. <laughs> the, the methane was not pure enough, according to them. So it just was, there we go. Yeah, plus, yeah. plus the sulfur smell wasn't quite the same; it just didn't work well. It's a little different. Yeah, it's, it's a little, not quite it's a little, right. yeah, right. yeah. <laughs> they didn't want the sound with it either. They they, they like their silent sound, and mine's wasn't so. It's it's a different story completely. It really is. It really is. <laughs> Okay, guys, we're going to take one more round of, of a break here. Another 30 seconds. Boy, did that just evolve really fast, didn't it? Um, and uh, we're going to take another short 30 seconds, and uh, we'll, we'll, we'll be right back. All right, guys, we're back. Thanks for hanging out with us here on Java Chat. I'm here with Andrew Chestnut, and we're talking about educational engineering and creating well, creating your own uh, little training session. And, and, guys, don't think it's just for entrepreneurs. I mean – you consult with corporations too, right? I mean, if somebody needs to put out a, put together a training deal, you can you can help them with that. I mean, how different are the models? Not very. That's what Not I thought. Really. No, it's it's basically the same thing. Uh, the corporate world really likes a, a specific way of doing training, and it's been that way for fifty some odd years. Um, I think that uh, companies, some of the companies that I'm seeing that are being really innovative with their training are doing more about that storyline, storytelling mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, side of things, telling your experience versus just spewing forth whatever it is. Um, it's a lot so of onboarding that's, really that's doing that. I've been seeing that uh, a lot around, uh, even around here, um, like um, stations, casinos, they're, they're real big on sharing the story of stations and how it started and all that and getting people on board. So I get that. And that's where brain training comes in is, is our, we're wired to be emotional. Yeah. Um, and it's training with emotion and training with a, or stories are emotional. Training with stories can be incredibly powerful. Oh yeah. Um, you'll probably remember the plot to your favorite movie, but you won't remember what you just learned in your last training class. And that's the, that's the difference. Got it. That's really, that's a major difference. Yep. Um, so just training. That, that's why I like to tell people I'm a storyteller. Um, I tell your story. I help you tell your story. Um, it's for that reason. What's the process of going through telling your story? I mean, as far as your as as far as your process is concerned, when you help, let's say, I came to you and I said I wanted to teach again. We'll talk about a new financial product. How how do you approach that? The first thing we do is sit down with a uh, road mapping session, and what this does is it takes 
like we were saying earlier, where you have your shoebox full of receipts yeah. and you have yep. with your accountants and say, here, you figure this out. Yep. Um, that's basically bring me your shoebox. Um, what, you know, what do we have? Uh, and then, so that goes through what your audience is, what sort of marketing plan we're looking at, um, who you currently have in your marketing uh, or your, in your audience, like what sort of social sure, media, sure. Who's the avatar, you what's all followers, that yep. Yep. exactly, buyer personas, things like that. So that's mm -hmm. part of what we do. Um, but I also take a look at what information you're going to be presenting um, and what your end goal is, who you, you know, you know that, and just goes through every aspect that you could for this training. Then I will go through and make a roadmap out of it. And, and that roadmap is a guiding document that takes us for the rest of it. It's like a business plan for your sure. training. Sure. Um, and so you'll go back, we can go and it has you know, um, everything to price points to this is when this is released to here's the map of the course. Then it's a matter of making the course itself. A lot of the courses I'm doing now are video courses. Yeah. I tend to find that it's much easier to get mm -hmm. up and going. Um, so, you know, I'll partner with a, a videographer in the client's area. Um, we'll go, we'll do it. Um, side, side note here, one of, something that uh, somebody told me a while ago, and I'm kind of wanting to start using this with some of my clients is to charge admission for the filming sessions. So sort of an interesting thing. <laughs> I, you know um, what? I, I mean, if you're, if you're, if it's a part of the deal or, or a la carte, I mean, it's every agency has their packages and every agency has their a la carte deal. So it's, it's not, it's not inappropriate. It's, it's actually, it should be expected. Uh, considering you're talking about videography, which is completely a specialty within the realm of marketing. Yeah. Um, and if I'm not the videographer, I'm going to bring somebody in. You're going to have to pay them. Yeah. That just yeah. makes sense. I have, I have somebody in. Yeah. I usually have somebody I'll pull in and the video editors. Um, so um, again, I have a team behind me who does a lot of this as well. So I, I, I'm the main point of contact for my clients, but I have people behind me who are better. I could do video editing, but I'd rather mm, it, it's better. Yeah, as, as much as I'm learning it, I'm not looking forward to having to do it that much. I, and I think, honestly, if you look at it that, from that perspective too, it allows you to go ahead and, and create more value at a lesser price mm -hmm. with the a la carte add-ons because you never know what you're going to need. And, and, you know, the, the, whole, the whole pricing versus value thing, there's, there's two you know, thoughts on it. One is package everything and they get what they get. The other is package it to a degree. Mm -hmm. And if there are add-ons, treat them as add-ons. Or if you, or if a client has a videographer they want to use, you know, then, then let them hire them. They can yep. do it. Yep. And then bring the content, bring the content. We'll take you, care of the rest of it to the LMS. Like. Yeah, that makes sense yep, exactly. Exactly. So there's three it thoughts. allows that flexibility. Yeah. And it allows the flexibility in pricing as well. So they can, you know, if that, you know, I, I have my people that I've worked with, I just work with this team really well. If you want to be totally turnkey, I've got this, but if you want to use somebody else, you're welcome to. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it, the other it thing actually it, makes, me to it actually do, makes work easier sometimes depending on who it, it is that it, they're using. Yeah. You, usually it does. Um, and for me though, what it allows me to do is to focus on getting their, them up and going for a coaching course. Part of what I do in like, if I were to do a full course yeah. um, for somebody, um, is to also do a keynote speech. Nice. Yeah. And Those are always it's a, important. It's one of the number one, oh, it's number one <clears throat> marketing. Mm -hmm. um, all of my clients use them and that is the number one um, marketing for their course. You could do advertising, you could do all these things. They work. But if I get up on stage, because it goes, it goes back to what we were saying, where I'm, I can learn just about anything I want to on YouTube. But I, there's, a, but there's a ton of information around me. I'm following that person. Yep. And getting on stage in front of other people makes that brings that connection. Yeah. And and I, I've seen times when I've had Isn't clients weird on how... stage, and we've signed up like two literally uh, uh, courses for two thousand dollars a piece. It's it's really we've signed different. up ten people after a speech. It's really different. Interestingly enough, I don't know what the, the psychological thing is about it, but when you see somebody on a stage versus just seeing somebody on a video, 
the amount of vestige mentally and emotionally in looking at somebody on the stage seems to be much greater. And, and like, yeah. like you just said, the result was 10 people at two grand. It's like, yeah, that's, that, that's, ex that's expected of the actual model when you're live. You can still do that on, on video as well. For the most part on video, it's better to do it in person, just with sure. how things are going right now. Um, you know, we, we, we are stuck with video at this exact point in time. So, <clears throat> you know, we can still make it work. There are some slight tweaks that have to happen to make video work better. Um, there's a different type of engagement that has to happen. Yeah. Um, so just, it's slightly different. Um, but yeah, the in-person is so much better. I prefer the in-person. You get what, it's like what Napoleon Hill called a mastermind. Yeah. Um, exactly. You can do it like through Zoom. Mm -hmm. You can suboptimal. It's a much better way it's much easier to get it in person. Yeah. yeah. That was one so, of the cool yeah. things I learned about zoom was that you can open up rooms after, after having like yeah. a, a summit style field, you can actually put people into other rooms. For, and there was a whole, there's a whole thing that we're doing with a summit that's coming up um, next year where we're going to be able to do that, bring in everybody for a main yeah. kitsch and then break everybody out into rooms that will have the breakout sessions and other speakers and stuff. And it, it's still not the same as a, an in-person summit because the networking and things of that nature, there's, there's, there's still that whole thing trying to be figured out. But um, again, talking about the in-person and the live and the on-stage and the presence that, that is actually felt from somebody who's coming from an authoritative position, it makes absolute sense to do a keynote speech as part of the whole formula. Um, and when you guys do that, you put that up in front or is that just some, how, how does that work? How does that fit in? So the way it works with the keynote speech part of the yeah, trainings yeah, yeah. is there's a PowerPoint involved. Um, so you have a PowerPoint and then I rehearse you through it. There's a very specific way to pitch without being pushy about it. Yeah. And so what I'll do is I, I make it so that they'll, there's enough value that people will say, oh yeah, oh yeah, you're, you're really good thinking. Um, and then you hit with a sales pitch into your course. Um, so, you know, there's, there's a balance between that. And part yeah. of what I do is kind of train people how to actually do that speaking. Um, how to, um, yeah, how to transfer that information, um, awesome. how to speak, how to actually do the sales without sounding salesy. That's always the big thing, right? When it gets to the pitch, it starts sounding salesy. That's, that's a, that's a challenge. It is. It is. And a lot of people either think they have to go too hard or they don't want to sell. I, I see a lot of people like, well, no, I don't want to be one of those people. I'm not Billy Nice. You know, I, I'm not the Shao Wham guy. You know, I don't want to yeah. be that thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't have to be. And, and you know, um, so you don't have to be at all. There are there are That's ways awesome. where you can work around. Cool beans. Yeah. So, yeah, dude, we hit it. In fact, we're we're past nice. it. <laughs> I think we are. <laughs> which which always blows because I always have a good time with my guests. Um, and of course, you know, our our floor is always welcome. If you want to come back and share more, I would love to have you. Um, sure. where can yeah, people find you? Um, if you want to find me, my website is nickelcitylearningsolutions.com. Okay. Um, you can also find me on Facebook. I'm on LinkedIn as well. Um, yeah, yeah. Or if okay. you have any other questions, um, just email me directly, andrew at nickelcitylearningsolutions.com. Um, All those will be down uh, in the comments, by the way, so that people will be able to just click on that and come right to you one way or another. Um, absolutely. Yeah. Well, here's, yeah. here's the last question for you. Um, sure. And I ask this of everybody. What's the biggest challenge you're facing right now with, with your business? It's growth. Um, growth is a good thing. Uh, growth also means that I'm doing about six jobs at this point. <laughs> you know? So there's that transitionary period between when you actually have gotten to the growth that you want and you, you, where you've started at point A, you're between point A and point B in your right. growth. 
Right. Um, and for me right now, it's finding that balance without becoming a massive workaholic because um, I'm a raging type A and, um, you know, the workaholic thing can be a, a major issue. Yeah, yeah. Yep. yep. It's that moment where you're just kind of, yeah, struggling. Um, it's maintaining that balance. And for me, it's also, I give myself one day off a week. I mean, I come from the great card on 10 X world. Um, but every day I'm taking that needle forward, but that also might just be, I answered my emails. I mean, yeah. giving myself that time to be yep. able to say, I am not Superman. Yeah. Uh, I need to back off a little and also knowing when to ask for help. Yeah. Yeah. Um, guys don't do this well at all. Type A's and, uh, and uh, type A's make it even worse. Yeah. Totally. Oh, they're terrible. Yeah. So I have a bunch of, I have a couple of type A mentors. Because <laughs> 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 it feels better to ask questions like this of other type A's. Sure. Um, but knowing when to ask for help and knowing when to say, you know what? I can handle this. I just need a cheerleader right now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Totally. Totally. It's, I, have a, it's... I have a joke with one of my mentors where it's just, you know, my, my email subject will be, I just really need a cheerleader. Yeah. <laughs> and it just dumps on whatever happens. I can, I can handle it. It just it sometimes it just I know when I need to ask for help and I know it. and he's very, very good at that. That's awesome. Right on. Well, as you all know, uh, we only have so much time to do these and we love every one of you. That never changes. We love that you stop in and take a listen and I hope you got a lot of value out of this. And if you are somebody that's looking for, you know, the ability to start your own your own course, online course to teach somebody something that you think is of value. The, li the links are down below. Feel free to click on any one of them. Get a hold of Andrew. He'll he'll walk you through it. Uh, he'll answer by email. He's quick about it. I sent him the Zoom link this morning and like in a minute, he already responded, which is great. Um, also, for those of you that are watching, if you haven't subscribed to the channel yet, make sure you subscribe. Subscribe. And hit the bell. The bell is, when the, is what tells you when we have a new one posted. And we post at least one or two a week. Um, and we get all of these great people that come in and, and share their time with us, share their stories, share their expertise. You're going to get something out of one of them. Um, I, I highly doubt you listen to any of our podcasts and not learn something um, or, or you're not listening or you're too busy, which is fine again. But um, thanks for stopping in. Oh, and if you're listening on, on any of the podcast platforms, we're on like 12 of them. So from iTunes and Google, Google Cast to Stitcher. Uh, and we just got on a new one today called Pod Chaser, I think is the name of it. It's like a, a, a feed. Yeah, definitely one that you want to check out if you haven't been on there. You can find us on there. Leave us a review. Uh, and, you know, if, you, if you're listening to us on Anchor, you can always support us. You can make donations. Every bit counts and helps this little, this little podcast get a little higher in the rankings. We love every one of you. Thank you for listening. Remember, stay up, stay healthy, stay safe and live. For Andrew and myself, to all of you, ciao for now. For more information on Java Chat, visit www.javachatpodcast.com. You've been listening to Coffee with Mike on Java Chat. Tune in weekly to this podcast for the next episode. You can also download or subscribe today on your favorite podcast platform. A production of Oasis Media Group, LLC. Located in Las Vegas, Nevada. Copyright 2019. All rights reserved.